Amen. If you turn your Bibles, please, to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, chapter 1, will be beginning with verse number 46 uh, this morning. You know, Christmas, usually this time of year, is all about planning. It's all about anticipation. And uh, usually the... Uh, uh, you know, the wives and the mothers and the grandmothers, they're usually the ones that are in charge of uh, all the planning, of all the things that make, uh, make this type of season special. And they always usually seem to take that up at times of, uh, of birthdays and uh, all those other events because, uh, you know, if it was up to the men, nothing would get done because we just don't think about those things. And it's good to know that uh, we think and we plan about special moments during this type of, uh, of season of uh, the decorating of the tree, of the, the carols and the going and seeing the lights and the, the making of, uh, of the cookies and uh, all the various things and the prepping of the meal. There's all different types of uh, things that we do and preparing for the events of, uh, of Christmas. But sometimes those, uh, those plans don't uh, work out. Uh, especially like around here, you know, you plan your uh, outdoor ugly sweater uh, Christmas party, and it turns out to be 85 degrees outside. And uh, so sometimes things just don't work like uh, like you plan them to. Or perhaps you got a gift that you thought that uh, someone would just uh, love, and it was exactly what they wanted, but they hate it. And sometimes we feel those types of disappointment when we put so much great effort into uh, planning certain things that we have the image in our mind about how those things are going to work out and how they're going to be and what reactions may be. And uh, sometimes they don't work out the way we think they are going to do. And we suffer a sense of, uh, of disappointment. That brings us to our second song of Christmas, the song of Mary. And if you think about someone who had some plans, it had to be Mary. She was betrothed to be married to, uh, to Joseph. And you could just imagine her thinking about the coming wedding and their coming life together as she thought in her minds of what it may like to be married. And uh, in those times, uh, the parents were usually quietly involved in, um, in the picking of uh, who it is that, uh, that you would marry. And sometimes these uh, agreements or these agreements of betrothment would be done well in advance. And so you could... Uh, only be a, a small child, but yet it was already determined who you were going to marry. You were just waiting to the time that y'all were old enough and that time of appropriateness had come uh, for marriage. And so there's no telling how much time could have passed in Mary thinking about being married, thinking about that great service. And we know that through the scripture that she was marrying someone who was a godly person. And we know that she was a godly woman. And so they were grateful into what they were planning together, that they were doing everything right. Then plans kind of changed. They changed at the appearance of uh, the archangel Gabriel who came to Mary and revealed to Mary that why she may have had plans for her life that God had something different in store, that God was going to put inside of her and that she would actually carry the Messiah. Even though that she had never known a man, even though that at this time she was not yet, yet married. And you can just imagine what those feelings in her heart would have been as she wondered, as she questioned about those things. But she did not complain she did not resist, and she did not rebel. But rather, she accepted 
the voice of the angel. And she presented herself as a servant and was willing to do and was willing to go about whatever the plan the Lord had for her. And so as we read this psalm of praise to which she prayed after uh, having that time with Elizabeth, after having the confirmation as she go to someone else who was going through something just like her, an unexpected pregnancy, someone that could relate to her. And as Elizabeth confirmed in her that as Mary walked through the door, the baby that was in Elizabeth's womb jumped for joy, confirming in both Elizabeth's life that John would be who the Lord had promised him to be and who the baby to which Mary had was going to be who the Lord proclaimed him to be. And in that confirming this, she spoke a word of praise, submitting herself to the will of God for the plans in her life. And may it also be for us, where even as God may work out things not the way that we had planned them, but we realize that God's plans are the blessed plans. So let's read together in uh, Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse number 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is, who is mighty has done great things for me in his holy name. And the mercy is for those who fear him. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm, and he has scattered the, uh, the proud in the thought of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of heart. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his offspring forever. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the things that you've blessed us with. Lord, we thank you, Lord, for always being active and working in our lives. Lord, we pray that as we face times in life where things just don't work out the way that we want it to. But Lord, that we lay our plans, we lay our ambitions, we lay down all that we are at your throne this morning and submit ourselves to be your servant. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You know, a lot of times in the Christmas season, a lot of us will feel uh, alone. And sometimes uh, we feel alone because that we have uh, lost somebody that's close to us. Or we'll be spending Christmas with uh, somebody, well, not be spending Christmas with somebody that we are, we are used to. And a lot of times we uh, just feel a sense of loneliness. And when we feel that sense of loneliness and thinking that people can't relate to us, we want to be alone. And so we push people away and thinking that they can't relate to us, that nobody understands us. And we want to just kind of, uh, we just kind of want to steep in our loneliness. But let us know this morning that that is the number one uh, lie of the devil because the devil wants us to feel alone. The devil wants us to make us feel that nobody understands us, that there's nobody that could relate to us. And isn't it amazing that even in Mary being a position that you would think that nobody would understand, that nobody would relate to her, gave her Elizabeth. 
who was having a child, even though that she was old in age, and it was a miracle, and it was impossible for her to be having a child. And so Mary had someone, and God provided Mary with someone that she could relate to and that she could talk to. And so they went, and they were able to confirm with each other that God was actually working in this plan that he was doing, that it was all about God. And in realizing that it was all about God, Mary sped forth a song of praise and an honor to God. And in the first verse, it tells us what this song is all about, what was really in her heart that was pouring out. And it said uh, in verse number 46, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, my, and uh, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. She said, My soul magnifies the Lord. Now, I don't know a lot of things about theology, and I don't know a lot of things like y'all about driving and driving tests, but there's one thing that I do know a lot about. It's about magnify, because I have to use a lot of magnifiers. I have to use magnifiers to read. Everything that I have, I have to have like a magnifier to be able to do. As a matter of fact, uh, when uh, when I went to go buy a new TV, and this was uh Back uh, over uh, 12 years ago, when the bigger TVs and the, uh, and the, the thinner TVs were, were coming out, and you know, you, and they were pretty expensive, and uh, you would have uh, this TV at this price and this bigger TV at a bigger price. And I said, you know what? I need the bigger TV because I can't see that good. So I had was sure to get me a bigger TV. And so I had to put that bigger TV on my wall, and I have to take my chair, and I have to move it up close so I can just see up close how bad my sports team really is playing. I have to magnify those things. And when I read, I have to uh, get the magnifying glass out to read. I have to have the large iPad so I can blow up the letters to make the magnify. And I know what it means to magnify. And that is to make it bigger so you can see it more clearly. And that's what May wanted to do in her soul. She wanted to magnify the Lord. She wanted to make him bigger so everybody could see it more clearly. And so that's what she wanted her life to be. She wanted to live her life to in some way to show people God in a way that they could see it, in the way they can understand it in their lives. Is that the way it is for you? Do you live your life to magnify the Lord, because that's what God put you here for. And especially if you're one of his children, it should be in your heart and it should be in your soul that you are magnifying the Lord, that you are making him bigger so that the world can see him more clearly. And so not only was her soul magnifying the Lord, but also her spirit was rejoicing. A lot of times this time of year, we think about that Christmas spirit. And it's kind of like this mythical feeling of joy that we should all have because of this time of year. And a lot of people, you'll see uh, when it gets hot, you know, it'll say uh, this time of year, they'll say, what's well, interfering with my Christmas spirit? Or uh, when things are going down, people are saying, I don't have that Christmas spirit as though it's this mythical feeling. But the Lord wants to tell us something that's greater than any type of Christmas spirit or any type of feeling that there is, but rather it is in the joy of knowing the Lord. And that it permeates in our heart. 
And so what Mary said, I want the joy. I want to magnify the Lord in my soul. And I want to have joy in my spirit so everybody can see it. In other words, I want to make it where everybody can see this joy and this love and this peace that I have in my heart. I want to live in such a way so that people can see it. So what was her reason for magnifying the Lord? What was her reason for rejoicing in the Lord? Listen to what she tells us. For, she, for he has looked on, my humble, on the humble estate of his servant, and behold, from now, on, from now on all generations will call me blessed. Why is she magnifying the Lord? Why is she rejoicing in her spirit? Because the Lord has noticed her. You think about all the people, and that maybe this has been you in your life, that you have met someone famous. You know, we're all about celebrities around here. You know, we have the Hollywood actors and actresses that we make them celebrities. We have the sports heroes that we always talk about, and we make them celebrities. We have all the authors who write the books, and we make them out to be uh, celebrities. We have all the TikTok people who do those crazy dances, and they somehow become celebrities. And everybody wants to meet them. Everybody wants to know them. And if you meet them, and if you ever know them, or someone that you know meets them and they know them, they will let you know. They will let you know that they have met them. They said, I ran into a, a, certain, uh, a, a certain athlete, a certain football player at the restaurant, and he actually talked to me. And it's an amazing thing in their life that someone that has such a great celebrity would actually speak of them, that would actually talk of them, that would actually say hello to them. Or they may let you know that their roommate's sister's cousin's ex-wife was the cousin of a famous actor. It's amazing how we're drawn to that celebrity because we see them so high. And the fact that we would have any sort of interaction in the way that they would simply actually notice us in any way whatsoever just seems amazing to us. But listen to what Mary says, is I rejoice and I magnify in God because he has noticed me. He has looked on me in my humble estate. I magnify the Lord because the Lord knows me. I didn't just meet him on the corner and him say, hey, I didn't just get his autographed book. We didn't just have a talk in the restaurant, but the Lord God Almighty knows me. He knows my name. He knows me better than myself. And not only does he notice me in looking at me, but rather he takes attention to me. He takes an interest in you. And that's what we have to rejoice in this morning that we can magnify and we can glorify God because the God of heaven and earth knows us, cares about us, and puts great deal attention into us. She said, that's why I rejoice, because the Lord knows me in my humble estate, even though that I was nothing. And then she said, and from now on, people will call me blessed. Not only does the Lord know me, but he made something out of me. I was nothing, but yet the Lord chose to work in my heart, in my life, and he made something out of me. 
And he knew and she knew that the greatest thing that could be applied to you in your life is that you were somehow a part of this story that God was writing here upon this earth. Isn't that what David said when David wanted to build a temple? You know, uh, he talked to to, uh, the prophet, and uh, Nathan said, sounds good to me. But the Lord uh, spoke to Nathan and said, Nathan, tell David he's not going to build the temple. And then he went on to describe the Lord did about how David's throne would be established through ever, forever, and that through his throne, the Messiah was come. And when David heard that, he rejoiced, not because life was good for him now, not because he was going to be a king, not because he was going to be a king forever, but he realized that he was a part of God's plan, God's working in the kingdom here upon this earth. And that should be great joy in our hearts, in our life, just like Mary, just like David, whose greater joy was realizing that they were a part of God's story here upon this earth. That should be ours. And so even though that sometimes God will interrupt our plans, we should realize the greater thing for us to accomplish is what God's going to work through us here upon this earth for his kingdom. We magnify the Lord because the Lord sees us, pays attention to us, and does great things through us. Well, we also see him doing something else in, um, in verse number 50. It says, and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. How much can we magnify the Lord for his mercy that he shows us? I don't know about you, but I need the Lord's mercy. And I'm grateful to know that the Lord's mercies are new every day because I mess up every day. And great it is to know that he says that the Lord's mercies are for generation. And as the Lord revealed to the people of Israel, he said that he would hold us accountable for our sins and that he would visit the sins of the, of the people for the third and the fourth generations. But yet his loving kindness will be for a thousand generations. That's us in our hearts and our life that God loves to show his love more than he loves to show his wrath. That really what he wants to do is to show us mercy. He wants to show us love. And it's great to know that we can magnify the Lord because he has mercy on us. Even though that we are rebellious, even though that we are stubborn, God is so patient for us in giving us his mercy. But not only does he give us his mercy, but look what else he does for us in verse number 51. And it says, And he has shown strength with his arm, and he has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down the mighty from the thrones, and he has exalted those of humble estate. We magnify the Lord because he is our strength. And you see how he has turned the world upside down. You see how he's taken those who were prideful, those who he has who thought that they were rulers of the world, and those who thought that they had everything there was, that he has brought them to nothing but yet he has elevated those who humble themselves before God. You know, there's so much evil in the world right now. And there's so much evil power 
in the world. And we try to think and we try to figure ways how we're going to beat those powers. How are we going to defeat the power of evil? Because we feel so, so small under the powers of our school systems or under our governments or under our tech leaders and all those people who seek to oppress us. And we say that, how are we going to defeat this? How can we rise up from under them? And the good news is to know for us today is that we don't have to defeat them. We don't have to figure out how to beat them because they have already been defeated. And so what the Lord says to us is that he shows us in the strength and that he wins those victories against the enemies that we have no chance of beating. A lot of times we feel like we're trapped in a system, that we're trapped in a circle. We just feel trapped and we just feel powerless. But we know this morning that we can magnify the Lord because he gives us strength. Not only gives us the strength to fight, but he is our strength. And he gives us victory of all those things. And we know that one day all those things that exalt themselves over God will be brought low. And all of those who humble themselves, uh, who humble themselves before God will be exalted. Let us rejoice. Let us magnify the Lord in his strength. But not only does he give us strength, But listen to verse number 53. I mean, um, verse number 53. uh, He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has set away empty. I know most of you right now are sitting there thinking about being fed with those good things. We're going to be fed later on. But let us just remember as we think about those good things that we feed on. It's how the Lord is our provider, and he provides us with the good things. Now, a lot of times we don't know about the good things that that we need. A lot of times we don't know that we don't need to spend our whole life just eating eating junk food and drinking drunk drinks, that we need to have things that are good for us. And so many times in life we don't know the good things that we need. And may the Lord teach us to desire the good things, the good things of righteousness. But it's good to know that the Lord provides us with the good things that we need in our hearts and our lives. And we know that every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. So we rejoice in Him because He provides for us. But not only does He provide for us, look at verse number 54. He has helped his servant Israel, in the remembrance of his mercy, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. Isn't it good to know the Lord is our help? Why do we keep trying to do things on our own? Isn't it good to know that so many times that we fail in life, it's good to know that we have God's help, and that we have God's help forever. And Mary draws attention to how the Lord made the promise with Abraham and throughout all the walk with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and Joseph, and the people of Israel, that the Lord has always helped them in their weakness. He led Abraham, led Abraham to the promised land. 
He led Isaac and Jacob and Joseph through many trials. He provided for Joseph and his family when the famine came. He'd always looked out to them. He brought the children of Israel. He helped them, and he worked with them and brought them out of Egypt. He led them in the wilderness, and he brought them in the promised land. He helped them in their sin when they kept disobeying to bring them back. God is our constant source of help. And so whatever we're going through, whatever challenges that we're facing, may we always rely on God's help. We have a lot of reasons to magnify and glorify the Lord this morning because of his provision, because of his help, and because of his mercy. And isn't it great to know that the Lord is with us when he calls us and he brings us into a place that he will surely guide us and that he will surely provide for us and that he will surely help for us. Sometimes things in life don't work out the way that they, what we thought they were. Not the way that we had envisioned or not the way that we haven't imagined. But we can rest assured knowing this morning that if we're willing to submit to be the Lord's servants, even when he disrupts our plan, even when he takes us in a different direction, we will be willing to go because we know that path that he leads us on will lead us to hope and mercy and glory and in the end, salvation and eternal presence with him. Let's follow the Lord. Let us be willing to submit ourselves to the Lord's plan for our life. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you so much for the things that you blessed us with, Lord, and how you guide our lives. Lord, I pray, Lord, this morning that we'll be like Mary, that even though in the times that you change our plans, even times where you do something different, Lord, that we'd be willing to trust you and to follow you wherever you lead us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's stand and sing, amen.